Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, the fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth and you dad. And on each episode, you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie. Hello. Who's also a new dad as we chat about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, The Fatherhood Podcast, or otherwise known as episode one of series two. And you might have realised that there's been a bit of a break since series one, if you want to call it that, ended. And that's, well, you know what, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to bring Jamie into this because I feel like this is something we need to discuss together. Yeah. Hi, Jay. Hello, mate. How this are you? is I'm well, yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit it we're, we're in a different setting. We're in a different setting. We're in Jamie's house. Yeah. We haven't got all the fancy equipment around us. But I think that's better. I think it's better. I, I think feel it's holding us back. I feel at ease. <laughs> okay. I felt stressed out by the fancy equipment. <laughs> um but the fancy equipment that didn't work a lot of the time. Yeah, that caused us probably more hassle than anything else. Yeah. Actually that's unfair. Like, you know, we don't want to kind of diminish the role that Green Rock played in our... And to be fair, if I was still working there, we'd probably still be using it, so... Yeah, and also, if we had a guest, we probably wouldn't be in your living room. That's, that's true, yeah. So yeah. that's that's one of the, the new things about this new series, is that we're not going to necessarily always be relying on having a guest. Um, yeah. I think if, if we can, if we feel it's relevant, yeah, yeah, we yeah. can. We can, we're, yeah, we can, we will where we can and we think it's relevant and we think it will add something. And it feels like as well, because I think the other thing that I found with, you know, when we were doing it before, you know, at first when your, your kids are really, you know, you, you've got a tiny baby, yeah. like things are changing like all the time. And every, every week, every, certainly every month, you know, we were recording monthly there was something new to say. Oh, yeah. this has happened, that's happened. But after a while, it sort of slows down. It's true. And I was like, there isn't really much to say at this point. I just thought you didn't really care about Eliza. No, that's not, that's not <laughs> or it. Or you just weren't present during all these developmental stages. Well, the thing is, once they're like walking, I can't remember if she was walking when we, we talked. Yeah, I reckon she was. She was? Yeah, it was only, about... it's only been like four months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she was. She was. But that was still relatively new. But yeah. you've just had that milestone. Today. Like we, I, I'm, well, to be honest with you, she's been, I think it's, was it, what's it called? Cruising. It cruising, yeah, yeah. Between like furniture, like she can get around as long as there's a bit of furniture that she can like grab onto and rely on that kind of thing. But um, today I've seen a video, Nat took, of her walking just, halfway across the living room. Yeah. So big, big thing. That is. Yeah. So big. you join us live. It's quite, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I don't know, like it was meant to be, right? Like that's yeah, it was a sign, I guess. A sign of oh, to get our asses in gear and and start recording again. Yeah, and it was like it was like the big leap forward. Oh, type yeah, you know, thing. Yeah, I like it. Um, I see what you've done there. Um, not yeah. to over overplay it too yeah. much, but I think we've got as far as we can take that now. The other thing we were saying before before we start recording was the main one of the main reasons we didn't 
really record during the summer was because of the World Cup. Yeah, and that's true. It was there was a lot of there was a lot of distraction. Yeah, Love Island as well. Love Island. Did you I, watch I, it? I don't. No, I didn't watch Love Island. You didn't watch any of it. No, I honestly didn't watch any of it. Wow. Okay. I I would hear people talking about it and be and live in blissful ignorance. Well, the thing is, my opinion about reality TV is that it's obviously entertaining. I mean, clearly, like the number of people that watch these things, it must be, it must yeah. be entertaining. But it's like life. I feel like life is too short to. I mean, I've I spend enough. You know, it's not like I don't waste time on other things. I'm on tip Twitter far too much. I fucking Twitter. Pay for Twitter. <laughs> uh, but that's a new version of Twitter, yeah. and it's just pictures of tits. Um, uh, and I'm on uh, fancy football and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just messing on WhatsApp. I, I, I waste enough time already yeah. I don't need another thing and I, I, I don't doubt that I would probably enjoy it if I watched it I don't like, know why set myself up to yeah. waste more time but what a summer and it was so hot it was well. such a good summer did you how was the holiday with like with Matilda travelling and stuff well you know we've been to India before oh yeah of course. and that was but that was she was really little so she was really portable and really just like I'll just put her in this little she'll just sleep. basket thing and she could just sleep during flight whereas now obviously she would have been coming up to a year, if not more than a year. I can't remember whether it was before or after her birthday. And she, I mean, you know what it's like. She was just being on a flight with her without yeah. her own seat and that. It's a different, different ball game. But she was fine. Like, she was really good and loved going in the pool and all that kind of thing. And, yeah, um, yeah. We, uh, we uh, were just in the US. Partly work for me, but mainly holiday. And the first part was in New York, but then we went to New Orleans. So we flew back from you there. You say it very like... I say it, say it like that because people constantly correct you when you're right. there. It's, yeah. it's not New Orleans. Yeah. It's New Orleans. New Orleans. So you have to... You can't not say that in American accent. No, I know. It's yeah. weird. You have to like affect an accent. Yeah. But it just... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I actually, now you've pointed it out, I feel like a dickhead. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, not, it's like eight and a half, nine hours back from there. Right. And it... And, it wouldn't have been that bad, but for the fact that Eliza managed to throw up like three times, Ooh. once in the airport before we left, yeah. once just after we got on. No, twice in the airport and then once again once we'd got on. And and we only just had enough clothes for, for every, like Alice was wearing, like she had like a hoodie and stuff to keep her warm on the flight. That had to get shoved in a plastic bag and oh. stuck up above in the overhead lockers because yeah it was just like sick covered we had like bags of sick covered clothes on the way back <laughs> um yeah it was not ideal and then she kept waking like you know it was a night flight as well so she should have been fine pretty much like you know an airplane is quite a kind of soporific environment mm. there's a hum mm. you know they dim the lights after a certain point like it should be the ideal situation for a baby to kind of fall asleep if it's nighttime but i guess she's at that age where she's just like very curious about anything anything different is gonna mean that she's like not yeah. in the mood to sleep so she just yeah kept waking up like just we, and we were tired we, so we would like start to nod off and just as you're about to nod off she would start crying and be like, fuck's sake <laughs> and, and then you live in perpetual fear that the that the there was a bit of turbulence and you're like Ooh. oh they're gonna put the seat yeah. outside on and then you have to take them out of the bassinet thing that's what we had we had that on the like we had quite a bit of turbulence on the way there I think and it was a night flight and yeah and it was really because we'd just get her to sleep because obviously we she was having to sleep on us and then there'd be like you know oh no that was it sorry no we managed on the way back to there was no one sitting yeah in a seat next to us right right yeah, yeah. and so she had a seat to herself like lying down on that and it was just it was amazing but yeah, and then every time there's turbulence, they put the seatbelt sign on and you and got you to pick her up and strap her in yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You had to deal with it on the way back, but it was just purely Alice on the way there. On the way there, because I had to go to Boston briefly for like purely work. Mm. Alice said she was like sat next to these guys who seemed like they were like actors or something like that, or a band. They were like all these really like sort of good looking like guys. Easy. And they were like really annoying. You could tell that they were just like, Oh really? They didn't say anything, I don't think. But yeah. you, she could just tell that they were mm. like disapproving. Oh fuck them! I don't care. Yeah, I've got to that point now, man. Where it's just like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. what do you want me? To, it's a one-year-old, do you want me to, or a two-year-old, whatever. And you're just like, 
I mean, I guess their their answer would be just don't fly, just don't go on a plane, yeah. don't just stay at home. Yeah. You know, and the world sad, would be a better place. Pathetic little life. <laughs> you made this decision yeah, exactly. So, what would you say is like your if we're going to take anything away from this? Is your like tip for people flying with? How old's Eliza now? Must be coming up to like. She is a year and a half. Yeah, coming up to two in December. She'd be two in December. Yeah. So how, what would you say? Don't do too many of these trips because it will take it out of you. Mm. Like if you've got to do it, we, we, it was for us, it was sort of a, like a family reunion thing. Alice's family um, who like live in Wellington in New Zealand came over from there. Her brother lives in New York and that was why we were meeting in New York. Yeah. Um, so it was, we kind of had to do it. So you just, you know, but if you don't have to do it, I would limit the number of long haul flights that you do yeah. um, because it isn't the most fun. Like, there's no getting around it. And then you've got to deal, obviously, with the, the time zone issue. Yeah, but what were we told? We were told, keep them on English time. What, the whole time? Yeah, that's what we did. So, I mean, Turkey's only, like, right, so, two and a bit hours. Yeah, so it's, it's different, different when it's, like, five hours. And yeah. it was six hours as it was in New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans, sorry. Okay, so that... Well, I heard, if you're going somewhere for, like, that's, like, an hour, two, three hours difference... Just keep them on English time. So keep their routine of when they eat, when they bath, when they go to bed. Yeah, that, I mean, on that, English that time. sort of makes sense. But obviously, when it gets to like five, five or six, six hours, hours, you can't really, practically speaking, you can't really do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get up super early to give her breakfast in, in New York. Well, we could have, but then it would have... Selfish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, of course, a little bit. Um, <laughs> You have to be. And like, she's adjusted quite well. Like we, we got back on, it's Thursday today, isn't mm. it? And we, we got back on Sunday midday and it's more or less okay now. Mm. But the first couple of nights back, with the first night in particular was dif- really difficult. Next night was a, a little bit tricky mm. and it sort of got sort of a bit Pre- better each time. Yeah, but I'm like that. not too bad. I'm like that. Yeah, well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? But the thing and is, I let everyone know about it. I think, it as well, well, that's the, the problem is with the babies isn't so much that like, I couldn't sleep, yeah. but I don't cry and let everybody else know about Obviously it. I do. So, okay, fine. <laughs> so, you would be really annoyed to, to, to do that journey. So, have you met so me? Don't, so, my advice is don't travel with Jamie or a baby. <laughs> if it had to be one of them, baby. Baby probably, is probably yeah. better. Yeah, okay. I've met quite a lot of people who are becoming first time dads. Yeah. Whereas I felt I was very much getting all the information I could yeah. from people. I now find myself... Giving tips to people. Not too much, because I, I don't want to be that guy. Right, yeah. And sure. I felt there was a lot of people when I was... Before I was a dad, who was that guy. Yeah. Who was just like, oh, well, you're going to want to do this. Or, oh, this is going to be really great when uh, this happens. You're like, <laughs> oh, shut up. I'll figure that shit out myself. And like, oh, no, honestly, when... When the baby comes, what you're going to want to do, I don't, I will call, fine, <laughs> I get it. But now I've, I have to stop myself from doing it. There's a guy at this new like, place I'm working at the moment who's expecting real soon. And he keeps saying stuff and I hear him saying it in the background. He sits on my desk and I want to kind of go, oh, mate, no, that's, that's not what you've <laughs> got to do. But then I stop myself. I kind of go, oh, Let actually, do you know what? Yourself. You'll yeah. be fine. If he asks me stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. Um, but do you still consider yourself to be a new dad? Yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so yes. I don't know if I do anymore. Mm. I don't know if I do. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I do because a year is like, a year has, a, a year has flown by yeah. like super quick. Did you find that? Like, I found yeah, it was oh, yeah, just yeah. Like, no, yeah, the time's flying by. Mate, it's Absolutely crazy. Absolutely fucking flying by. It's like, crazy. You, you can't, yeah, it's mad. That one moment they're just this little kind of bundle of, you know, just piss sort of, and shit and yeah. puke and yeah. And then they're smiling and running around and saying Being an stuff. an absolute nightmare. Singing the ABC song, which is Eliza's favourite thing to do. That's good though. Yeah. Well, all the way to. No, it's quite funny. It's it's very it's very adorable. It's like she mangles it oh. quite badly. Right. But there is but she gets it all, like the tune all the way through. Okay. She sort of. I actually, we might be, I've actually got a recording of it. We might be able to insert it. Let's do that now. A, B. Oh, man, O, P. 
have you found that you know all these like progressions that Eliza's made like Nat is and I keep saying this to her she's like I can't wait till she's walking she would say like I can't wait till she's rolling over and then I can't wait till she's crawling and I can't wait till she's walking I'm like hang on a second what a nightmare she is at the moment for like like life was great when you could get her put her down on the floor go make a cup of tea come back she'd be exactly where you left her yeah that's true I mean those days are long gone with her crawling but like she pulled the entire desk uh, Nat's makeup desk down on top of her oh, like, recently. Yeah, it's t- it's a small desk, oh, but right, like, okay. um, what's it called? What are they called? Ch- like a dressing Panic. table, like a dressing table. Okay. She never used to do that when she just used to lie down on the floor and do nothing. And so I'm so I'm thinking, how, what do you think is going to happen when she can suddenly get up and run? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, but Nat seems to think that's going to make our life easier somehow. Whereas yeah, I can foresee I, the it, nightmare that it will become. It, you know what? It, it makes some things easier, and it makes some things trickier in what way well you don't like you know what you sort of said you know you, there was a time when you could kind of put them down yeah. in one room and go and make a cup of tea and yeah. come back right that you have to come back yeah when they can walk you can leave them in the room and go and make a cup of tea and mm. if they want if they want something they can get up and they can follow you in there you don't feel like you always have to constantly yeah, check on where they are what they're doing i mean yeah. you know within reason you know yeah. don't go too far away guys yeah. you know she can just Toddle, toddle around yeah. doing doing her stuff you know you'd keep an eye on her every so often make sure she's not like drawing on the walls and stuff like that but yeah. but you know as long as you're doing that you can kind of do other stuff yeah, before it was like you couldn't really do other things yeah speaking of just leaving him and doing like being able to do about a week after we recorded our last episode with Sarah yeah the first aid expert we had a bit of an incident oh um with uh, Matilda, I was, we get a, like, over that window, I'm pointing to a window here, which, I mean, it's brilliant for podcasting for an audio format, but um, we get, we had a little bit of like mold and that like had developed in one of the corners. Yeah. So I got this, I have this fungicidal spray from my last flat, yeah, right, right, right. Which, which was a basement, used to get really moldy. And so I thought, oh, I'll just use that. So I started spraying it, wiped it down, and then had to go out real quick. And stupidly, I just put the spray down on the floor. Right. And left. Okay. And I get a phone call from Nat about 15 minutes later again. And her words were, I don't want to be that guy that tells you you're a dickhead the whole time, but you're a dickhead. And I was like, why? She said, well, you left that fungicidal spray just on the floor. You know, that the one that's got like the Hazchem you know, logo. Yeah. I was like, yeah. She went. I came back in the room, and Matilda had it in her mouth, sucking on it. I was like, okay then. And then I made the stupid mistake because I was on the phone and a bit like, almost embarrassed by it. Yeah, like yeah. you know, when you yeah, kind of get a bit defensive. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You kind of go, oh no, everything. It's fine. Don't worry yeah. about that. That's fine. And she went, right. So you're telling me, you 100% know that she's going to be fine. And I had to say, no, I don't. I don't know that at all. Um, she went right. I'm taking her to the to the hospital. So we had to go to A and E, and I had to take the bottle with me and show it to the people there. Fucking and hell, man. Yeah, and but she was fine. She looked fine. She wasn't like crying or anything like that. And we don't think she sprayed it like had the yeah, strength yeah, yeah. to like do the kind of spray thing into her mouth. So basically, we got this advice from um, one of Nat's friends, who's like works in the um, like as a pediatrician. Yeah, and she said. If this happens, take them straight to A&E and take the bottle with you so that the doctor can just take the bo- bottle, look it up, look at all the active ingredients and all that kind of thing, rather than going, well, it was this brand of fungicidal yeah, right. spray and whatever. Um, so anyway, so they looked up and they said, basically, it's it would have to be like over something like 11% of the active ingredient to be corrosive. Right. But what was actually, it was like 0.7% in it was, and she would have to drink a shit ton of it. Whereas she probably would have, if she got any in her mouth, it, it would have been like been nice. a drop of it. Yeah. So we're like, she's totally fine. So don't stress right. it, you can take it home sort of thing. Uh, that was a scary moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine. And since then I've nearly killed her again. Oh my God. I let her, we've got a changing table, which is like a chest of drawers. And right. it's about, what, like between nipple and navel height for me. Okay. And I'm six foot five. That's high. That's high. And that's a changing table. And I went to put a nappy in the bin. Usually I put my hand on her if I move away just to kind of like stop her from rolling over. And I was doing it and I couldn't do it with one hand. 
Yeah. So I quickly just did it with two hands. And as I did that, I heard this, and I was like, eh? And I looked around and Matty's no longer on the top of this thing. Oh, and I looked down and she's just on the floor. Height-wise, yeah. that's like me falling out of a first story window for her. And she cried a lot. But nothing. But it, this is the annoying thing. Nat had gone to a festival. Nat had gone to Latitude Festival for a Hindu. And um, it was about 45 minutes before she walked in the door that whole weekend. I was like, if I've broken Matilda after having a whole weekend of her to myself, 45 minutes before she walked in through the door, that'd be the most annoying thing. That's the worst. I mean, so close. So close so to close being like, being like yeah, what? Dad. What? What? And you almost ruined the whole thing. No, I had to tell Nat about it. So this isn't how Nat finds out about it. She knew, she knows. But yeah, so since we last recorded, I've nearly but killed But she's fine, though. She's totally fine. Obviously. She didn't break yeah, I mean, anything. They, they drop, I mean, that's... I remember, like, it was It was quite a long time before we, like, you know, dropped Eliza or Eliza fell over badly yeah, on yeah, our yeah. watch, yeah. I think. Like, But it's happened a few times recently. I actually clunked her... Where was it? We were going through... Oh, we were in a, we were in a hotel in... New Orleans. New Orleans. And um, she was walk- she was toddling along and there were these big, like, heavy glass doors. Yeah. And I was the first person to get, like, we were, there's a few of us, Alice, Alice's brother, parents. And we got to the um, door and I kind of was looking around to see where Eliza, she was there and I actually had deliberately looked around to see where she was and I kind of looked around and I couldn't see her there. So I was like, oh, she must be behind. So I went like that. And then she, in the, in, she'd walked around to the other side of me. So I just pulled the door open like right in her face. And she just fell out. Obviously, like, she was fine. Yeah. But she, oh, yeah, she cried a bit. And, uh, and that day, she'd also just fallen off something else, like banged her head on something. Uh. So, Jamie, you last week went to have a chat with an author, James Miller. Mm. who's written a book about parenting. Yeah, it's called Dads Don't Babysit, colon, Towards Equal Parenting. Awesome. So let's have a little listen to that. Okay. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yes, thank you, Seth. Thank you, Jamie. I am indeed here. I'm delighted to say that I'm sat with James Miller. James is a political journalist for publications such as The New Statesman and The Times, as well as an author, and most importantly, a father. His first book, The Gender Agenda, written with his partner, Ros Ball, tackled gender stereotypes and explored how boys and girls are raised differently. And James has a new book coming out called Dads Don't Babysit, which makes him a perfect guest for us on The Good, The Dad and The Ugly. Hello, James. Hello. Hey, no problem. How are you? I'm all right. We've, we've just been talking about the echo in here. Yeah. Pretty severe. But, yeah. But um, I hope, um, hope everyone gets used to it. Gets used to it. Gets used to it. Gets used to it. The gender agenda started because I had children, basically. I had uh, a daughter and then we had a son. And... Um, we noticed when the son was born that people seemed to treat him a bit differently. We got different sorts of toys. I mean, not just the obvious pink and blue stuff, but um, also the toys. I mean, the one we always talk about is that our daughter was given a little white fluffy teddy bear with a pink hat, and our son got given a knitted dinosaur. You know, you go, oh, hang on, something, something's, something's, they're still babies. They're, they're basically both the same, especially when they're born. There's really yeah. not a lot of difference going on here. Hmm, there's something funny here. We went to the Panto, uh, and we, was one of our nephews went to pick up uh, you know one of these 
god awful flashing things that they give out at Pantos. I was going to say these days, they're terribly <laughs> old fashioned because Pantos were great when I was a kid. No, they weren't. Um, and the woman behind the desk said, Oh, I'll get you one in blue because he picked up a pink one. You know, as if, why would you? You can't have a pink one because you're a boy. Mm. Why not? Um, so that was how the gender agenda started, or the gender diaries, the, the Twitter account, that gender diary. Uh, and all these people piled in, and then uh, after a couple of years, uh, we sort of moved on to become a book. But around the same time, a fellow called David Freed got in touch with me and said, oh yeah, I like that. Uh, I started doing shared parental leave. Must have been a time, about the time shared parental leave was being introduced. We were sort of talking about it on the, the Twitter account. Um, so I met him for a coffee and said, do you want to do a book? Because I'm like too lazy to write a book on my own. I just can't do it. Um, and he was like, yeah, let's. So hence we then moved on to this idea of um, his blog's called Dad's Turn. The idea that men should do more parenting and why aren't they doing more right. parenting and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and the thing we had in common was uh, babysitting. The, we'd both been out. I'd been out with my kids. I remember I was in Marks and Spencer's in Bromley. Glamorous outing for the kids. <laughs> uh, and, you know, middle-aged lady in a grey uniform, you know, cuddly Marks and Spencer's lady said, you're babysitting for the afternoon. Oh, tries me insane. Uh, I was just like... Of course, I didn't say anything. I went, Mark's offensive lady, you can't like. See, I would have said something. I would have said something. But I was just like, you know, no, of course I'm not babysitting. I'm parenting. I'm looking up. You cannot babysit your own children. We were saying the first few pages of this book, the definition of babysitting is you're looking after someone else's children for a temporary period of time. Your own children you're supposed to look after all the time. That's the whole thing, right? That's what being a parent means. But one of the other things that sort of triggered it was I went part-time in 2014 at the time I was employed um, and the reaction was just weird. Uh, it was all, especially as you say, in Westminster, you know, a place where ambition is all, uh, both amongst journalists and the politicians. Um, and lots of people sort of said, why have you done that? What, what are you doing? You know, why would you go part-time? It's like, well, do you know what? I'm better at looking after the kids than my partner. She likes mm. being out at work. She goes mad if she's left at home. She doesn't like the fact that she's constrained. Okay. You know, that it's actually society saying, you're the woman, you'll do the, yeah. the, 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 most of the childcare. Um, so I'm going to go part-time. Makes mm. sense. And she's going to go full-time. Mm. And our lives were transformed at that point. She was happier. I was happier. Really? Was, you found that was, it kind of had a positive yeah, effect? And, you know, when I'm now writing a book saying everybody should do what I did. Because I didn't do it for whatever, uh, yeah. seven, the first seven years of my yeah. daughter's life. Uh, because we were victims of this um, weird societal thing that man goes out to work. Yeah. Even if men go part-time on, you know, do flexible working. The book is about what needs to change in terms of both policy and the flexible working stuff and the cultural stuff right. and what we need to change to allow men to do what they want to do. Yeah. All the surveys show that men want to spend more time with their family and they're willing to give up money to do it. Mm. And all the practice shows that men still do more hours, tend to work full time mm. and are miserable, a lot of them. I mean, you know, we all know there's the stuff about male mental health. Um, there are issues there. Um, I appreciate they're complicated, but um, you know there's something there's a, what we call the paternity gap. There's a gap between what men say they want and what is actually happening. Why is that, and how can we fix it? Just for example, when your kids are at school and they get sick, the school will phone them up. Even uh, my co-author uh, Dave Freed, he's had this with the nursery. Even though he's filled in the forms, put himself as contact number one. Right. They will phone, go straight to his wife who is out at work five days a week going, oh, I'm in a high-powered meeting. Yeah. Bog off and phone the dad. Yeah. You know, but they, there's just this thing of the mum is the one to yeah. call. Um, and it's just, it's all those little cues. But of course, it's, I mean, again, it, it does come out of the, the gender agenda, which was about the cues we give children to be boys or be girls and what that means. Yeah, right. There so are that's... cues about what being a dad means. Yeah. You know, the idea that somehow you are weird. Mm. Of course, people don't want to be weird. And mm. men that do more than the normal amount of childcare are often regarded as great and get loads of praise. But, you know, what I'm doing is nothing compared to what most women do. Yeah. And yet, you do something slightly different, you get called a hero. Yeah. Um, we spoke to Chris Mason for the book, uh, of off, off the Telly. He does uh, BBC Breakfast mm -hmm. sometimes. He's a, he's a political correspondent for the BBC. And as he said, the fact that we were sitting, having, I'm talking to him about the fact he did shared parental leave mm. and he did two months 
and his partner did 10 months mm. just points to the fact that what he did really wasn't very much yeah. and yet it's regarded as revolutionary mm. it shows how far we are from equal parenting which mm. is uh, the subtitle of the book what we're trying to get to so that's your new book that's your that's the new book that's sitting in front of us yes. right now but yeah. let's let's talk about I mean because I find the, the whole idea we, we, we spoke about about the whole how it's ingrained in our because I'm quite I guess wary of it through doing this podcast and through talking to other dads and, and a lot of my friends I'd say are quite um, interested in keeping it gender keeping the toys and things that like not gender neutral I think that's the wrong word because fine like, a hopeless term we found that because you can't do it right okay if, if you, why is that because even if you for some lived in an egg for four years yeah. raised your child yeah. no access to TV adverts or indeed any outside world okay. you know, or their grandparents because yeah. their grandparents are likely to have uh, gender expectations of one sort or another even if you are somehow amazingly gender neutral uh, they will then put on the telly and watch flipping daddy pig yeah. <laughs> my nemesis why is that uh, why is that he's just a better father than you is that what it is or? no he's a like, we had a big big argument with my uh, co-author about I wanted to call a section death to daddy pig okay wow well, he thought that was too strong well we can I, we can start a section on here having just got a hold of the copies of the book actually he won I thought I'd won that one but apparently not right, uh, okay. although I didn't slip the phrase death to daddy pig in okay. because he's a buffoon of a father yeah you know, he is a terrible uh, it's a classic dads they're funny and stupid aren't they mum has to come and tidy things up and that's why gender becomes really strong in kids mm. because at that age because um Part of it is this uh, society says gender is important. So they mm. go, oh, gender must be important. It must be important I'm a boy or a girl. Certainly not, you know, like two or three. You know, it probably gets important when you get to university, but yeah. um, not for any learning reason. But um, it's not really when you're a kid. But um, yeah, they, so they, they see the stuff on telly and that feeds into it. Of course, they, see that they, they talk to their grandparents and, you know, you, you, there's a payoff, obviously. You know, the, the benefit of being close to your grandparents is far outweighs the occasional comments that are a bit uh, out of date. But they still pick it up. They say, well, this person is important to me. And they say, yeah. they always call it daddy's car. Yeah. Daddy's car, it's just the car. You know? yeah. But, you know, the grandparents will sort of say things like that. And they go, oh, hang on, so daddies and cars go together, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the book that uh, inspired all this, uh, Marianne Grabber, because there's a good girl, the little girl. Um, sees she's well, she's three she's watching telly and she manages to say was it man big or something woman naked the, what she picked up as men are sort of big and important women are generally naked and it's wow. with how they look and of course that's yeah, the yeah. 80s things have moved on a bit unless you watch Game of Thrones but uh, well yeah exactly or if you just look at the side of a bus yeah. you know all the film posters will have a terrible habit at the moment of films with like four characters and they're three men and one woman mm. it's just oh, you know yeah. again kids see that and go well there's more men than women there's yeah. more, you know, they, they see this stuff and soak it up and they're trying to make sense of the world and not, mm. obviously they're not super brains but to some extent they are because they have to process an awful lot and they, they figure it out and it all becomes right I'm a girl what does that mean I'm a boy what does that mean and of course you know the, the gender roles are reinforced why would anybody want to put limits on their children right mm. and yet we do you know mm. straight off the bat and I think I'm as guilty as well I'm not as guilty as anybody else because I've written two books about it <laughs> but I am guilty you know I'm still on that very much on that sliding scale of being guilty of it um, so yeah I think that was the big one and that's sort of kind of where Dad's Don't Babysitter has come from as well because I've got increasingly interested in um, this idea of masculinity well, clearly, from I mean, it seems like there's a natural progression from your first book is looking at how yeah. you know the the, um, the gender stereotypes apply to children mm. and the way they're raised to how they apply to the parents and and you know within yeah. society and that sort of thing. So this was so this is brand new your book. Yes. What made you kind of go? Do you know what? I'm just going to keep keep going with this, keep going with this idea and, and, and progressing it and, and looking at parents rather than going. I'm going to do a book on politics. Uh, well, I think it's partly to, it was to do with that thing of when I went part-time uh, and then not long after that shared parental leave came in and I was like, God, if we'd had that when mm. we were kids, that would have been amazing. That would have made life very different. But my sort of interest in shared parental leave, I missed out on it and how it could be transformative in 
the role that men and dads play. And that feeds back into the gender agenda stuff because um, you've got this issue of boys and girls get their ideas about gender roles from the home. Mm. So if men are doing more parenting and doing more housework and childcare comes down to domestic work, um, they will have a more equal outlook. I mean, this has been shown by sort of research. Um, if boys, if boys and girls see men doing domestic work, they will do domestic work when they're older and tend to have a more uh, gender neutral outlook. Men live longer if they do more parenting. It's like, look, okay, maybe you hate your children and you don't want to do it. You'll live longer. If you're that selfish, you'll live longer. So just do it, all right? Um, you know, it's better for mental health. As I say, there are issues around male mental health, uh, and it's good for the economy. Actually, uh, in what if, way? if we had shared a more equal shared parental leave system, you get women back into the workplace quicker, yeah. uh, who are happier and more productive. It's the radioed effect that people are happier, fitter, happier, and more productive. Yeah, um, men and women, uh, and it's like there's a five percent jump in GDP if you uh, have, uh, you know, a, a split down the middle shared parental leave system. That's amazing, um, really. That's, that's and that is. 5% of GDP, yeah, it pays for itself very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? totally. um, it's a big commitment, obviously, for a government to turn around and say, right, we're going to do this properly. Yeah. It's like, if you are a man and you spend more time with your children, you know, with anybody, you'll get to know them better and you know, yeah, you'll have a relationship. Yeah, but then you might find out you don't like your children all that much. Well, that's possible, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite, well, I suppose it is possible, yeah. But you see, that's a very dad thing. No, I know, I know. That's another part of the the solution, actually, is for men to talk about parenthood in a uh, good way. To say, it's fun, it's nice, it's great. You know, when you cuddle with your children, it's lovely. Don't just go, "Ah, my wife doesn't have sex with me anymore. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, brilliant, well done. Um, There's a lot of banter around uh, fatherhood and parenthood. And that's okay. The trouble is, the conversation tends to stop at banter and what we actually need is men to sort of talk about it you know i did shed parental leave and i had a nice time with my baby you know yeah. i went part-time and i had a great time with me so yeah. brilliant as we say in this book we are the same you know both me yeah. and david we're not built to gush emotion about yeah. being a parent because we're raised as men because that's yeah. what we're told big boys don't cry and all yeah. this sort of stuff um well that was kind of the point of doing this podcast to be honest with you it's just yeah. kind of like have have guys come in and well just for it's almost a cathartic thing for ourselves to be able yeah. to get together with mates yeah. and chat about what it's like to be a dad you know because it's exactly and people listen to it right i mean i hope that's, so that's the whole point isn't yeah it? it's that again it's that paternity gap it's that thing of when you're sitting with a group of men you sort of to be the one to sit there and go uh my daughter couldn't get sleep last night so i had to get in bed with her and stroke her hair and it was really nice i yeah. liked it <laughs> You know, all the other men, what are they going to go? Yeah. 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 They're just going to sit and look at the football on the telly in the pub on the telly. Yeah. They're going to go, what the hell? Yeah. Um, but it's okay to do that stuff. Or if you don't want to do the emotional stuff, do the practical stuff. I mean, I, I've done this since writing the book. A guy I know, I said, you know, I'm going to have a baby. Obviously, his partner's going to have a baby. Uh, and one of the first things I said was, are you doing shared parental leave? And he said, I don't know, I've really thought about it. Yeah. I was like, right, well, here's what you're entitled to. Here's why it's a good thing. You know, I said to him, you know, the biggest indicator of your child's future educational uh, well-being is if they have better paternal involvement. And he's doing two months of shared parental really? leave. That's um, good. You know, that's better than nothing. You know, he, yeah. got, he hadn't thought about it. He's doing two months. Brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, you can just do the practical. If you want to do the man thing and just do the practical stuff, fine, do that. But talk mm. about it is one of the big things. Thank you so much. It's been no, really, really fascinating. And um, once again, the book, Dads Don't Babysit Towards Equal Parenting by David Freed and James Miller it is out mid-September. So by the time this is out, it should be available. So go cop that. Yes, please do. Thank you so much. Have you found yourself giving, I know we spoke about, you know, do you see yourself as a new dad and uh, like still as a new dad but do you find your what kind of advice do you find yourself giving to people who might do you know what I mean like if you know someone who's a going to be a, new, a, a dad for the first time yeah. is there one piece of thing uh, one piece of advice you always would go to do you think well I actually don't know anyone who oh really not anyone who's going to become a dad right. like I either know dads yeah or I know or I know people yeah so I, I 
know like you obviously Me. with a child hello i know other people with ch- children who are having another one i'm basically segueing here okay into dad tech oh nice yeah, yeah, yeah. um no i i always find myself saying that if you had to buy two essentials like when becoming a dad a parent for the first time yeah Obviously, aside from like a cot, a pram, blah, 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 you know, there's a billion of them, you can, different ones you can get. They all pretty much do the same thing, whatever. You'll make your choice based on your situation, whatever. Cool. I would say the two things that made our life easier, and one of them still does, and that's what I'm going to talk about dad tech, but the first one was the sleepy head. Okay. Did yes. you have one? Yeah, yeah, we had a sleepy head. And the amount of people who don't know about it. Really? Yeah. Like this guy at work, basically. Didn't really know about it. Next day, looked it up, bought one. And was just like, yes. It's like an all-in-one kind of sleeping mattress pillow. Yeah, it's like a little like horseshoe Cocoon type thing. Thing, yeah. And you can put your baby in there and basically have them in a... um, Like you can have them on the sofa or they sleep in it in their bed. Or you can have them on the... We used to put on the kitchen table like the dinner table yeah and while we're eating basically yeah, you can put them anywhere you can put them anywhere and they won't roll out basically because yeah. it, it's got like this horseshoe of like cushions around it so i would say that but the second thing i'm going to say which we got recommended and i think we might have talked about in the very first episode that we did was the you and the sheep to give it his full name is the Ewan the Dream Sheep and um, we call ours Renton Renton yeah okay. for Ewan McGregor's character in Trainspotting and um, basically what it does it's um, it's like a sleeping aid for, for babies and she Matilda's had this from day one basically yeah and um, what they say is that um, if your little one struggles to sleep at night, you and the Dream Sheep is here to help. Multi-award winning, super cute, cuddly Ewan mimics the comfort of the womb with a selection of soothing sounds, including actual recordings of womb and heartbeat, combined with a warm pink calming glow to lull your newborn or toddler into a peaceful slumber. And basically it's like little cuddly toy sheep, as you can see. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, and, and four legs, as most sheeps do have. And <laughs> when you press one of them, here this go, is listen. what we're learning every time. Yeah, yeah. Here, guys. every day is a school day. Listen. Oh, this is the womb, and this is the one that Matilda loves. And then when you when you press one of them, his belly lights up like this pink yeah. glow to mimic the womb of being like in the womb with this like red glow. So you got that, and then plays a little. We never use this one. That's just annoying. Yeah, that's a bit annoying. And then this I can't one, imagine there are any babies that actually like that, like that one. Yeah. And more than the other ones. Yeah, right. And then you've got this one. No, that's rain. That's rain. So what was the other one then? Vacuum cleaner. Oh, thing. it was vacuum cleaner. And that okay. stays on for about half an hour, I think. So they go to sleep and then um, the amount of times we walked into Matilda's um, bedroom and she's just face right up against really? the light, right up against the red light. Yeah, loves it. So this is Sweet, it's by Sweet Dreams. It's called You and the Dream Sheep. And it's uh, twenty nine ninety nine, and I genuinely think, I mean, as I said, babies, all babies are different, but that's, I would say, my number one, along with the sleepy head. That's my number one. Fair enough. Um, bit of dad tech. Recently, we've been going through a bit of a, a period where mum is definitely favourite. Right. And like, you know, sometimes, you know, in the morning, this morning, like she came, you know, what we our routine when she wakes up is that one of us will get up and prepare a bottle mm. and then go in and then bring her into our bed and she'll have a bottle in, in our bed. And she, last few mornings, she's been pretty cute. And like, you know, this morning she she gave mum a cuddle and yeah. mum was like, and give dad a cuddle. And she like looked at me <laughs> and she smiled and then she jumped on me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but like, that, like when she's crying, when she's like upset yeah. quite a lot of the time now, if I go to comfort her, she's like, no, no. No, and she starts like flapping her arms around. She's like, "Get away!" And I'm like, "Oh my, I don't know what's the matter with her. She's completely mad." And then Alice will come in and she'll just settle down. Oh yeah. And it's like, for fuck's sake, yeah, man! Yeah. What am I doing wrong here? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. just but it, that's all part of the. Maybe that is part of the manipulation of like she knows that she can kind of divide and conquer. Totally, I truly believe that. 
Mate, she's got you, and Matilda will have us very uh, No, but she hasn't, though, you see. Because oh, my. Well, it's great. It's like, oh, sorry, Alice. She's, you're going to have to. I'm just like, sweet. <laughs> so, you know, jokes on, jokes on them, them guys. Just, the football's on. So if you can just. Yeah, just time it. it like, turn, turn it down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, yeah, just like give her a little kick right before the football's on. <laughs> oh, uh, you're going to have to. Uh, no. Well, you don't want Daddy. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> of course, I would never do that. No, of course. One of the things that we did before this uh, latest recording is we put a little tweet out asking people for, uh, well, to, to give us their questions and stuff. Related yeah, and we to kind it. of said what was people's biggest like concern or worry before, like before when they were becoming a dad. And um, one of the ones we got was from FC Bald Fraud, uh, which is at J Rubes on Twitter, underscore Rubes, I should say. Uh, and he said that the three for him were childbirth slash labour complications, um, his wife potentially getting postnatal depression, and would he be good enough as a father, which I think are all pretty. Yeah, I think that was common. Quite, yeah, and we, I think we got there was quite a few other tweets kind of saying the same sort of thing. And we, and and which is obviously like really like important and yeah. But we we covered we'd actually cover that quite extensively and episode eight nine. nine with mark harris yeah episode nine mark harris is well worth a listen because he he's a midwife and he gave some really good advice on how guys can be more involved yeah in um, and actually he's written a book called men love and birth which i read when nat was pregnant and it's basically a book about being present at the birth of your uh, um you know at the birth of your child and being the person that you're pregnant missus want like needs you to be in that you know in, in that, yeah yeah in that environment but it kind of has a lot of other stuff I mean it's such an important thing to for guys to discuss because you know guys can suffer from postnatal depression as well and you know it, the whole thing of like bottling up the way they're feeling and yeah. feeling like they don't have a voice and we can't talk about how we're feeling because it's all all on the mum yeah. which is true to you know a certain extent but you know you're a parent and you're involved in it so you know I feel like but sometimes isn't it like the sometimes like the most helpful thing isn't being told by an expert what you should think or mm. what you should do but just hearing other people who might have had similar experiences yeah or similar thoughts just you know articulate those yeah because sometimes it's all you need is just to feel like you're not the only person who feels like that yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just hearing that other people are going through it. And hopefully with this podcast, we can kind of build a bit of a community and people can, you know, hopefully keep tweeting in at Good Dad Ugly or get in touch with us on Facebook at Good Dad Ugly as well. Maybe we should say, like, you know, if, you know, we said at the top of this that we weren't going to be so focused on, like, oh, we need to have a guest. But mm. like we also said that we, we want to have guests on who have something to say, something interesting to kind of contribute and I guess like maybe, you know, if there are people out there who live in or around London or maybe not further afield, but if you can get to London and you feel like you've actually got something, you could contribute something really interesting, like feel free to get in touch. Definitely. We'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please keep sharing and uh, liking and downloading and rating and reviewing and reviewing we saw actually today despite the fact that we haven't actually done this for ages that we're still in the top 100 uh, kids and kids and friends fr no kids and friends <laughs> kids and family family and kids uh podcasts on on um iTunes, iTunes which is quite good really yeah I was surprised by I, was that. Surprised. I thought we'd really slipped yeah out so of the you're record. doing it so keep doing so it keep doing that tell your friends and um and we'll come back with more. Yes, 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 yes. yes.
good, the good, the dad, the dad, the good, the dad, the good, 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 the good